For those of you with older kids, isn't it so fun to look back on their early years and think, oh my goodness, I can totally see how they became who they are. They were this way as a toddler, or this was their personality, this is how they acted, this is what they were interested in. I just think that is so fascinating to see how whoever our kids were when they were little is really so much of who God created them to be as they grew up. I also think it's fascinating as we are in the moment of watching our preschoolers and just see everything they're taking in and imagine what they will be passionate about as they grow up, how that little personality personality of theirs will develop into something bigger and just be anxious about watching that explode for them as they grow up. No matter what part of the journey you're on, I think you'll enjoy this episode with our guest, Emily Lawson. We're talking mostly about preschoolers, but I think you'll find a lot in here if you have kids that are older ages and just reflecting back on all those moments of them being a preschooler and how they grew into who they they are. Emily Lawson is married to her high school sweetheart where they live together in their California little country farm with their three dogs, five chickens, and two children. Emily's goal as the founder of Sandbox Academy is to help moms feel confident about teaching and playing with their kids, and above all, prioritizing the connection with them. You are going to love how simple this episode is and how it makes you feel like you really can confidently lead your child to independent play, understanding what kind of learner they are, and having fun watching them grow into who they're meant to be. Come along, friend. Let's grow. Welcome to families that stick together. Just step right over the random pile of clothes where it looks like all my kids melted. Turn right past the pile of papers still out from last month's school project. Maybe don't look at the sink and make yourself at home, friend. This is where our family of six hangs out. It's where our real life happens. Stay long enough to be reminded of what we both already know, that swimming upstream is not without much work and grace, but it does come with friends who are rooting you on just as fiercely as the way you love your strong family. We work together here as friends so we can get to the end knowing we did well. Come along with us to gather together to grow through it all. Welcome friend with your laundry, your running shoes, or your cup of coffee. I can't wait to spend my time with you. And now my mom, who once had to swim away from barracudas off the coast of the Yucatan Peninsula, Jennifer Zumbiel. Today is Tuesday, February 16th, which means tomorrow, February 17th, is Ash Wednesday. And that begins the journey of Lent, which is a season before Easter that has been practiced for many, many centuries. It is a time in the Christian faith for renewal, reconciliation, growth, and so much more. And don't you feel right about now at this point in the year that your family could benefit so much from that? Together is committed to helping your family grow stronger. And how amazing to do that in your family around your faith. We understand that conversations about faith don't always come easy, even though we all would love to make that such a vital part of our family. So what if you could make it super easy? What if you could have that conversation start for you and it just dug deeper naturally 
got meaningful and it felt so, so easy. If you make the commitment with your family, Together will lend you a hand. This Easter season, Together has two products for your family to choose from. We have our digital product that is 28 printable cards you download and print at home. We also have our traditional sticker Easter set that even though you might not get it in time for Ash Wednesday, you can catch up because it too is over each Sunday before Easter and then every day leading up to Easter during the week of Holy Week. You simply peel the sticker, you have the conversation that goes with it, and you place it on your poster that is the path to the empty tomb. Both the physical and the digital product will have your family talking and connecting and growing and renewing around what really matters this Lenten season. What is holding your family back from building your family's faith even stronger right now. Whether you have a preschooler, a teenager, a college-age student, or your spouse, I am confident that these cards and stickers are going to create the most special moments for you all and connect you in a way that you really will be grateful for in helping lead you to be stronger and stronger. Order at togethermoments.com and bring home conversation starters that start way more. Hey, Emily, thank you for being on Families That Stick Together. I am really excited to share you with our audience today. Thank you for having me. You are welcome. We have so much in common. We're both teachers. We both kept our preschoolers at home to help teach them preschool before we sent them to kindergarten. And we just have this love for learning. And I have to say that I've always wanted to do different business ideas. And for a hot second, back when my 13-year-old was four, and I knew I was keeping her home, I was talking to a friend who was also keeping her daughter home from preschool and to do things at home with her. And I said, I can come up with lessons. I got this. Let's do it. And I made a few and we were talking about it. I thought I could easily share this with other parents, but never did it. So I'm glad you're out there doing it, Emily. How funny. That's almost identical to my story. I was, I had just quit my job as a teacher. My oldest was 18 months old. I was in this mommy group and about half of the girl women in this group were starting to talk about interviewing preschools. And my thought was instantly like, I just quit my job. There's no way I'm going to my husband and saying, I quit my job to be a stay-at-home mom, but now I want to send our only child to preschool two days a week. I turned to the other half of the group who was kind of sitting there quietly. And they're like, yeah, we're not. Um, we're not ready at two years old to send them. And no judgment to those who like who made the choice to do it. But I was like, well, I'm a teacher. I can I can write activities. I can come up with activities. And that's literally, I went home, told Eric that night of what I had agreed to do with my friends. And he was like, well, yes, so you're going to turn it into a blog, share it with everybody else. And that is how Sandbox Academy came to be. I love that. I think that's so cool for moms listening. I don't think most of us moms who start businesses even set out, we don't put the business first and say, I got to come up with something. I got to come up with something. Usually it finds us, right? (laughs) And it just happens. I love that. So I, since we're talking about this, my three girls stayed home and I taught them preschool and they didn't go to school till kindergarten. And Nathan does go and I sent him for three-year-old preschool. At first, for my girls, I just thought kind of the same thing as you. They're home. They have each other. This is awesome. I don't want to give up this time with my kids. I will do that. 
for the rest of their life, send them to school. And it, it just worked into our family and it was beautiful. And oh my gosh, some of my most treasured days being a mommy were when they were little and I had all those preschool years with just them all to myself. And then with Nathan, the decision was a little different because he didn't have any younger siblings at home, mm-hmm. but I was using my time to work on my business when he was home and it didn't feel right. And I, I needed that set time. So honestly, I looked at preschool kind of as a babysitter with good benefits to him with other boys to hang out with since he has all sisters and, you know, fun activities to do and learning, of course, and all that. But let's, let's jump into this episode now. Emily, you are the CEO of this business called Sandbox Academy, which is a brilliant name, by the way. I love it. It's adorable. I really believe we can learn a lot about parenting for the whole journey of parenthood by understanding how we are raising or already raised our children during their preschool years. And before anyone listening thinks, oh shoot, as they reflect back on all those days they turned on the TV as a babysitter, I hear you on that. It doesn't mean things can't be undone, but I want you to share what what you love about the preschool years in forming really strong connections with our children as parents. Well, especially if you're like me and you who are sending our kids to school when kindergarten starts, preschool is that time where you get to, like you said, really form that connection and form that bond. The freedom of the scheduling when you, I mean, I know my day revolves around my kids' routines and schedules, but at the same time, if I don't want to do any learning activities one day, I don't have to. Like, there's no set standards for preschool. If we want to go to the beach one day, like, there's nothing stopping us. We don't have school that we have to attend. So I do love the freedom that comes with that age. And then, and with that freedom to go explore and whatnot, you're building the connection building your connections with your kids, forming that strong foundation with them and relationship with them as you explore the different parts of the world. Like we've gone, we, I think I, I told you, we live on a, like a farm. I'm using air quotes. People can't see me because I'm talking. <laughs> a farm, we have a little two acre lot and we're slowly adding all of our animals. And so getting to go explore all of that with my kids is just, I know that that time will be lost once they start regular school. But I also just love how excited they are at this age about everything. Like everything is new and magical and exciting. And then I would say just the play. The fact that everything can be surrounded by play and not surrounded by like, well, we have to learn this learning outcome or we have to, you know, accomplish this goal or practices. I I dread the days of soccer practices and sporting events every weekend. I think they'll be so fun, but at the same time, I'm like, oh, the freedom of my schedule is going to go away. Their lives are going to be about making connections with people outside of the home instead of making those connections inside our home. Does that make sense? Yes. That is why I even sit here today with the business called Together Moments because I dreaded it as well. And here's where this whole question comes together, I think, is, you know, you're talking about building these connections when we explore with our child. And I think that's so much more than going to the local nature trail or going to the library, but it's, it's really getting down to their level and seeing the world through their eyes. 
and exploring the world with them because that does create such a bond. It naturally leads to the conversations. It leads to the hands-on and really understanding who our children are becoming, I think, and how they, what really excites them, right? What makes them so happy. My, I'm, I'm thinking of my second daughter, I put her in dance classes when she was preschool age. And a lot of that was to put her in a classroom style setting around right. other kids. But she was so into what you said made me think of this, like the magic of everything. She loved just fluttering around and dancing and feeling like a fairy princess and dance just felt like her place. And today she's 12 years old and dance fills her soul. It is what, you know, she was made for a lot, but dance is one of them for sure. Oh yeah. <laughs> and I think these preschool years cannot be substituted for what we learn about our children. Oh no, I feel like I know we're going to chat about this a little later, but I feel like I noticed who my kids are in terms of their personalities from birth. But then like, as they get that opportunity in preschool to kind of experience those different, whether it be dance class or baseball or whatever, but that allows you to start to see what they're interested in. This is their time to kind of like dabble in all the things and decide what they really love. Not to say that those things can't change, but I noticed definitely with both my kids that their personalities have just deepened, strengthened. I don't know what the right word is to say here, but their personalities were who they were at birth and I can just see it like getting stronger. Like, so my daughter is a problem solver. Her brain is hardwired for math and I can see that growing since the day she was born and just proving it to me even more, you know? Yes, and as we sit here for the parents who send their kids to preschool and think, oh, shoot, I'm missing out on that. Remember, I'm a mom who kept three home, but I am currently, I'm recording this as my fourth child is at preschool. So it's okay. I'm still, I don't feel like I'm missing out on him. I'm much more intentional with the time that I do have with him. We're just talking about the benefits of keeping your child home. And if this is something you want, Emily can certainly help you out with making you feel comfortable with that and being able to keep moving forward with your children. And in the effort of full disclosure as well, because my daughter with COVID, I had to suddenly homeschool my daughter who's a kindergartner. I send my son two days a week full to preschool so that I can really focus on teaching my daughter how to read during that time. And also a lot of our friend groups tend to not be his age and not boys. We just have naturally made a lot of friends that are girls and older. And so sending him to preschool gives him that opportunity as well. And when we're all thinking about this, it's based on what's best for your family. What are your needs and what do you know that you're doing it for, right? You can accomplish that with your kids being home full-time. You can accomplish that with your kids going to school full-time and you can accomplish that with some sort of in-between of half and half. So we're talking about keeping our kids home, sending them, what do we do? I would love for you to speak about the benefits of independent play in any capacity with our children and how we need to pay more attention to this as parents of preschoolers while using a whole lot of intentionality in it. So independent play is, I mean, your kid going off and playing by themselves. I also am okay with it being my kids playing together, but it's just not adult led. So anytime the adult gets into the play, that's great. 
but the research shows that the play is now adult-led. As much as we try to let the kids lead it, they're taking cues from us and they're playing how they think we want to play instead of how they want to play. But the benefits of it, of independent play, whether it be just your child by themselves or a child with another child, are problem solving that they're going to be using. They will be playing out some social emotional skills. So when they're doing that pretend play with like characters and you hear those little conversations, they're mimicking things that we have done with them or things that they're doing with their friends at school or their brothers and sisters. And they're working that out. They're they're problem solving and working out how to solve those social problems with their toy characters, with their Barbies. And that's so important. They also are learning like self-confidence. They're learning to be a little more resilient and they're establishing that imagination. They're building that imagination, which is critical to, you know, writing. It's critical to even being an inventor, creating things and being imaginative and creative in any job is so valuable. So these skills transfer as they get older. I mean, obviously we're not all sitting around playing Barbies anymore, but using, having those creative and imaginative skills, I mean, that helps me in what I'm doing. And I, I'm still using that creativity and I'm sure you are too. So I love that you started this out by reminding us, this is just not parent involvement with our children. This is where we let them go off and be by themselves. And I, I think a lot of times the easy thing when we're not tending to our children, whatever age they are, is to let them go to the screen and just be fed by that. And what you're saying is such a good argument against, no, when we're not with our children, don't naturally go to that. Suggest what you want them to do. Have them set up their favorite. In our house, it's critters. It's the Calico Critters. They set up all their little houses and they're, they do a whole story and it's a different adventure every time. Mm-hmm. And Or it's the Lego sets or whatever. But I, I just think it's so important for us to hear this as parents and hear the benefits of all that and why. I, I always like to say, even to myself, why does this matter? Why do I have to keep pushing to this when it's not the easiest thing to do for me to gravitate towards that or this or whatever, but what's the, the really good outcome and benefit that's kind of come from this. So I'm glad you gave us those specific benefits. And I would love for you to tell us some real life ideas and ways we could do this. Cause no doubt we've all had an abundance of time with our children this past year And yeah, it is easier to hand them a screen or to tell them to go watch a movie. You know, we've loved this time with our kids. We're thankful for the surprise of it. But give us some real ideas that fit into our real daily life for ways we moms can connect with our younger children, feel like we're teaching them, but also leading them to play independently. So it's a win-win for all of us. First is one, I use screens, so I'm not going to like bash anybody who uses a screen. I'm talking to you right now because my kids are watching a screen. So let me make that very clear to everybody listening. You can use screens as a tool. With that said, just like how when parents are involved in play that they're leading the play, if a screen is involved in play, you know, they're playing a game on iPads, the screen is leading the play. Your child's not leading the play. So they're not using that creativity. They're not using that imagination and problem-solving skills in the same way that they would if they were leading the play. 
With that disclaimer, how to get our kids to play and some ideas. It just like anything else in your life. Like my kids have 100% said to me, like, I don't have any toys to play with. I don't know what to play. And I'm like, we have an entire room in our house, plus your bedroom. The walls are lined with toys. So don't, (laughs) don't tell me you don't have anything to play. But it's hard for them at times to come up with something. Play is hard work. It, you know, the Mr. Rogers saying is play is the work of the child. It is, and it's hard. With establishing independent play, it's just like anything else. Establish a routine. Do it at the same time every single day so that they know it's coming. They know to expect it. I tend to use it towards the end of the day because that's when I need a mental break. So that's a great time for them as well. And then I establish it by, or when they say those things, like, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to play. I set up, tend to set up an activity. I like to use some of their toys. But from that activity, they get started and they do it. Sometimes my daughter finishes the entire thing. Sometimes she doesn't. My son never finishes the entire thing. Can you give us an example, Emily? Sorry to interject. No, you're fine. I'm definitely going to. I'm going to just say this real quick. They both lose interest and move on to play. They don't then turn to me and like, okay, what's next? Instead, they like, all right, I'm going to just go do my own thing. That was cute, mom. I'm going to go do my own thing. But so one of my favorite examples, I have this on my blog. I have five different ways to use magnetic tiles. So one is a printout that has different shapes to build using the magnetic tiles. Another one would be to sort the magnetic tiles by shape or by color or by size. Or you could do a color hunt. So you place out the red, blue, yellow, green magnet tile and then send your kids to go throughout the playroom to find red, blue, yellow, green toys and line them up. And then like, is it magnetic? Can take it around and sort throughout the house, find things that are magnetic. So real simple activities and setups, but they just lead to halfway through. My son is like, ah, I'm over figuring out if the fridge is magnetic or not, but I'm going to go take these magnetic tiles and I'm just going to build with them. Or sorting your to- your toys was real cute for a minute, but now I'm just going to, I'm just going to build. And it turns into that play just so naturally and effortlessly without there being that fight of, go play. I don't know what to play. I don't know how to play. You know, there are a few other ideas. Like another one that I really like to do is I use butcher paper. I would draw like a rainbow on it using markers and then put our play food next to it and ask my kids to use the play food to draw the rainbow. So like stacking all the red food on the red curved line, all the orange food on the orange curved line. And then a third one I'm going to give you that's another favorite is building with cups. So we use plastic or yeah, like plastic Dixie cups. We'll build with them like, and we'll do challenges. How, who can stack them the highest, who can make the biggest tower. We've done bowling with them. So simple with a plastic cup, but just sparking that creativity, getting them started by giving them a task, they very quickly turn it into their own creative thing. You're like, cool, your task was interesting, mom. We started with that, but now we're going to move on to our own thing. And that will snowball us into the independent play where I can then just kind of be like, you guys look like you're good here. I'm going to go take a step into the kitchen and do my own thing. Those were such great ideas. I love the magnet tile idea for me personally. Nathan and I were just building with his magnet tiles two days ago, building houses. But I can't believe I've never even thought of tracing them and giving him shapes to do and different things like that with the tiles. That's awesome. I love that idea. And then the a couple of the, those other things, it's funny because we use Dixie cups a lot around here and the kids make tall towers. 
I'm really glad you said giving them a task just sparks that creativity to keep going. Because if we all think about it as parents, and when our kids get into these really fun games, one little thing started it, and then it led to another and another and another. My kids just this past weekend wanted to play vet downstairs. And it led to this entire vet hospital habitat for animals. Nathan became the baby tiger. I mean, crazy stuff. And then they have this whole notebook. I went down there to clean up something and it's listed with the diagnosis for every animal and Mm -hmm. just so much. And I was really impressed because they were down there playing two hours on Saturday afternoon. And I honestly really didn't know what they were doing. I just knew they were hiding animals, but I'm saying all that because we can all relate as parents, how one little thing can initiate something bigger. And a lot of times it's just us giving them something, setting it out Mm -hmm. and watching them go with it. Absolutely. That could have been set up, but that didn't start with like this genius idea of we're going to do a whole animal hospital. But if you put out some stuffed animals and your doctor tool set and they're like, let's start here. Let's play here. That's all you have to do. You just, all your job is, is to lay out the two toys that you think would spark that creativity and they'll take it from there. I think this is so good. I'm so excited you're on here. I just think this is so easy, but it's something that we moms don't often think of doing. Like you just said, just grab the doctor kit and the stuffed animals and say, see what you can play with this. Yeah. And we know it's going to turn to something really great. Yeah. And I think this goes with our older kids as well. This isn't just a, a habit to practice with our preschoolers. We could easily do this with our teenagers. Like even, hey, you guys are bored. You need some activity outside. I'm putting the hula hoops and the kickballs in the backyard, make up a game. I bet you could watch your teenagers come up with some crazy, goofy game and have a blast with it. But it's easy to do those things if we just are a little more intentional to get to that point. And the benefits of that, you know, for our older kids, starting at these younger years, they learn that it's okay to be bored. They learn how to entertain themselves when they're bored and that into those independent play skills and to be, we talked about being resilient, having self-confidence, those social emotional skills that 100% leads to, and being okay with being bored leads to then being okay with being by yourself. But if they have these independent play skills, it builds that res- that confidence and those the resilient skills so that they are okay with themselves as who they are. It also builds those problem solver skills. So again, they're not looking to others to give them self-worth and to cure their boredom. I'm sure you are enjoying all the great tips from this week's episode, and I wanted to pass on a few more to you. If you go to togethermoments.com slash free, you can download your 10 communication habits to teach your kids. These are the things we teach our kids when they're young that make the biggest difference in their lives. There's just 10 simple communication habits here. They're easy to teach. They work for kids of all ages, and they will pay off in dividends for the rest of their lives. Go to togethermoments.com slash free and download it now. Reinforce all these communication habits when you use Together for Family Dinner at your next meal. And here is our Together for Family Dinner bonus question with Emily. Hey, Emily, this question is from our Together for Family Dinner game in the Who Who category. How would your family answer this at your dinner table? 
who is most likely to help a stranger in need? Ooh, that's a good question. I think I would say my daughter. She is always, we live in California and there's a large homeless population and she notices it all the time and is always asking me in the car, like, how can I help them or I want to give them food. So she is definitely the most likely to help a stranger in need. I think if she were answering the question, she would either say her dad, my husband, her dad, or me, because she has seen my husband give a coat to somebody who was cold, out in the cold and didn't have a coat and questioning if they left their coat at home or if they just didn't have one and needed one. And then when we are doing like volunteer type stuff, I'm, I'm the family ringleader. I organize all the things. So she does, she notices that. And then I think if my son were answering and if my husband were to answer, the three of us would all pick my daughter because we just see that example that she's setting and we see her on a regular basis asking to help other people. So she is the person who would help others in need. <laughs> I think that is so sweet. How amazing to see your six-year-old be that kind of example to her brother and to you guys. I think we learned so much from our children, especially watching them help other people. You brought up such a good point teaching our kids that it's okay to be bored. You do yeah. not have to be fed with something 24-7. It is okay to just sit and, and just figure out what to do and all that leads to the problem solving because what yeah. am I going to do? And I mean, we, I have to practice this myself as well. Like when I'm sitting and waiting for Walmart to put my groceries in the car, do I really need to be scrolling? No, I don't. And when I'm standing in line at the grocery store, again, I don't need to be scrolling my phone. It's okay for me to just stand there and talk to my kids or talk, you know, just, or just stay like take in the environment, take a deep breath and breathe and not have something going through my mind of what's on my, the next on my to-do list. Yes. We adults don't like to be bored sometimes <laughs> either. It might lead to too many trips to the pantry. hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent. All right, Emily, you hit on just talking about how that independent play and, and making our kids comfortable with that and fostering that as a very regular practice in our home can set up our children for success as they go through those early elementary years into adolescence and adulthood. And I, I know that a lot of my audience has preschool children. I know a lot of them do not, but I always think it's fascinating when we look back and we can see how we interacted with our preschoolers or what we did with them or how they were as children is so much of a signal and to who they were meant to be as they grow up. I, I'd love to hear your thoughts on how our child's personality as a preschooler really is an indication of who they may be yeah, I am on my second preschool curriculum that I designed. I'm like, hmm, it's not going to work for my, it worked for my daughter, but it's not working for my son. So that's when I created my, it was weighing on my mind. And I, this past spring created one that was really more designed towards my son's way of thinking and learning and more designed towards moms of being easier to do and like implement. Their strengths will just grow stronger. And I want to focus on those strengths at this time. The preschool age is awesome to do that and to build up those strengths so that as they get older, they can just really shine in those areas. 
But I think that preschool allows you to see where their strengths are and shine on those. And as they go through childhood, to really focus on where their strengths are to build that self-confidence. It makes me think of Gardner's multiple intelligence theory. Yeah, like kinesthetic, mathematical, naturalistic. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Interpersonal, intrapersonal. And I am a huge believer in this. And I, the teacher in me made me notice that in my children. Mm -hmm. And Anna, my oldest, is very much a kinesthetic learner. She is hands-on. And when you learn that about your child from an early age and you can figure out those things, you can actually understand how they function in a regular school setting or in something else, right? So if you're, you see your child struggle in something, it doesn't mean they're a failure at being in a classroom. It means, hey, the style of interpersonal communication where which is 90% of our children's learning for the most part, except from these dynamic teachers who bring in these awesome lesson plans. I'm not assuming teachers aren't bringing in dynamic lesson plans. I'm just saying that the nature of a school classroom means that the teacher is up there lecturing. That's interpersonal communication. That's learning that way. Your child isn't failing school. They might not, that teacher might not be touching their learning style because Maybe my daughter would learn math problems a lot better if she had to go on a scavenger hunt because that's the hands-on bodily kinesthetic running around. And if she was using manipulatives, when you know these things about your kid, as they get older, you can be their best advocate when you're being told like, you know, we're struggling with math. Okay, well, let's look at what the math looks like, you know, our, and not to say that you're then going and questioning the teacher. But maybe if you're looking at their lessons and you're looking at how it's being taught, well, I know that, you know, he really benefits when he's using manipulatives or he, she really benefits when she's doing this or that. And you're not going to get every teacher on board. You are, there are plenty of amazing ones who you will get on board. But then at home, you know, like, okay, when we pull out your math homework, we're going to do it with manipulatives because that is how you learn. That's how you get it. You're a kinesthetic learner. So we're pulling out blocks so that when we're doing your math homework, we're going to focus on the way you know how to do it. It's a really important thing, yes, to be these advocates for our children. And this has come full circle in this interview, I feel like, because I wanted you on here to give preschool moms some really great ideas to use in their real life. But I wanted the moms who have older children to kind of reflect back and see how this all ties together. And I think, you know, when we want to reach out and help our child with something, try to think back to those early years of childhood and what major child tick. What did they love? How did they learn? How did they see the world? Because chances are, it really is the same way because that's who they were created to be. And it's obviously just grown and matured into something bigger because they're learning so much more and filling their minds with more mature things. But that core of who they are as a learner is most likely the same. Sometimes I think that to parents who are not former teachers, that that question seems like, oh my God, how do I figure out how, what kind of learner my kid is? It's not as complex as it sounds. Like my daughter is an auditory learner. I know that because 
she can remember every single jingle that she's heard one time, you know, in the car, listening to the radio, the jingle turns off and she starts <laughs> repeating that jingle. That simple little thing that happened in life. I'm like, oh, she's an auditory learner. She, she just needs to hear it and it clicks and she gets it. So there's not some fancy test or some like fancy thing that you need to do. You don't need to be a teacher to figure out what kind of learner your kid is. My son, I know is kinesthetic because he needs to touch, you know, he, and sensory bins are his life. When he's counting, he, he's got to touch. It's real simple things that you're looking at to, to figure out what kind of learner your child is. It doesn't require a teaching degree by any means. No, it doesn't. Do not doubt that you can figure all this out. You're the, you're the, best person to figure this out as the parent of your child. You're okay. You got this. Uh, I will, now that we're talking about it, I'm going to link in our show notes. I do have a little checklist for what style learner your child is. And I happened to just come across it this weekend when I was going through an old school bin. I know. That's so funny. So I know exactly where it is. I'll link it here. Emily, before you go, you have got to tell everybody about your preschool playbook. Tell them exactly what this is and why you can really help them feel so confident in teaching their child if they choose to have them at home. And even if they don't, they can supplement and really feel that connection with their child through what you offer them. Oh, yes. The preschool playbook is, you know, I talked about how I had two curriculums, one that was really more geared towards teachers. That is not this. This is the one geared towards moms. Words that I kept in mind the whole time, adaptable, manageable, and intentional. I wanted to make sure that it was manageable was the biggest one. And that, that means like the supplies were things that you already have at home or very basic art supplies. We have three activities a day. One is a book. You should read to your kids every day. The next one is kind of more of a learning activity where you're going to focus on some more of an academic skill, the type of skills that you're thinking about for going into kindergarten, literacy, um, numbers, that kind of stuff, shapes. And then the third activity is more play. The, the play, like we've been talking about with the independent play. So it's art or STEM or science, but it's one that will naturally guide them into that free play of them doing their own thing. These are all designed to be very simple. Um, you can either draw them on butcher paper yourself, or if you're, I needed it printed and ready to go. So there's also templates that printed and I just, you know, created, basically created my own workbook where I open it and it's there ready, but they are adaptable enough as well that I left off the number, numbers and the letters so that you can write those in so that if the number 20 is not something your kid needs to work on, you can make it the number 10, you know, the bones are there for you to do that. And it is, it's play-based. It is aligned with kindergarten standards. So Not that you're teaching your preschooler to be a kindergartner, but like, for example, one of the kindergarten standards is to be able to count to 100. Well, in preschool, we're going to work on counting up to number 20. But you can see exactly what that common core standard is that you're working towards so that you're progressing towards it and you know what your goal is. And that as a parent allows you to be, one, a little more well-versed in what those standards are. So when your kids go to kindergarten, again, you're more prepared to be that advocate for them because you know what's coming and you're familiar with it. I love baking with my kids. That's one of my ways that I connect with my kids. Um, So every single unit, there's 30 units in it. Every single unit ends with some sort of baking or cooking activity. And when I say baking, again, I'm using those air quotes um, because a lot of it is just like taking, we made polar bear yogurt in one of them. 
So it's a bowl of yolk, vanilla yogurt with slices of bananas, strategically placed to look, you know, be ears and a snout for a bear. So it's, it is something your kids can do. They can learn how to be in the kitchen, get those real life relatable skills. So yeah, that is the preschool playbook. <laughs> what I love about your preschool playbook is I think the alternative is we go to a teacher store, we pick out the preschool activity book here, we pick out this Montessori activity book here, we look at Pinterest for some stuff, and we have all these good intentions and we can't keep it all together. And you put it all in one place and you hit everything that we should be hitting, including the play, which I think is so important. And these connection things like baking together, which you want to do anyway, you're probably doing, but you give us a roadmap to make it so simple. And we feel like the hero at the end of the day, and it ultimately is bringing us closer to our child. Absolutely. I mean, I was the queen of creating Pinterest boards that then I was like, I had such great intentions. And then I was like, oh, I've pinned, you know, I've pinned the last 200 things how do I put this together? You know, and how to, Oh, which one do I do first? And so and that, do we ever really go back and look at our pins? No, we no. don't. No, we don't. <laughs> and so that is the beauty of it. Is it's all in one space for you. It's all organized. It flows well, while at the same time, you know, we review, we go back and review because teaching the letter A one time is not going to teach the letter A permanently to your kids, you know? Um, so yeah, it is, it is organized for you so that you are no longer like a deer in headlights trying to figure it out and piece it together. And Emily, are these all digital products? They are. Um, I do have an option where you could buy a hard copy. The digital copy you can print at home or you could send to Staples to print it. I can send you a hard copy as well. It, it works out roughly to the same price as if you sent it to Staples yourself. Either one works. And where do we find this? This is all on my blog. So on sandboxacademy.com, if you type in playbook or sandbox academy backslash playbook, but really as long as you're Googling sandbox academy in the preschool playbook, it will generate for you. And also while we're at your website, we should probably pick up your really fantastic family resource for movie night. Tell us about that real quick. Especially for those of you with the older kiddos, we do every week movie treat night. Every Friday night, we have a movie night treat night. And we were kind of getting into a rut with movies. And I just wanted to watch something that wasn't animated. So I came up with a list of 52 movies. I think there's maybe like three or four on there that are animated, but they are all family friendly movies. They are all classic gems from the 90s because apparently the 90s is when they made those good family movies that weren't animated. I don't know of any like non-animated actually wholesome family movie that I would show my children that's made today. So I know that there are two movies on there that my kids have gotten into in the last, I would say, three to six months. The Mighty Ducks movies, which I had completely forgotten about, and Cool Runnings, which is so fun. And we just last night at the dinner table, we had a conversation about uh, bobsledding, and <laughs> we referenced the movie Cool Runnings. <laughs> Don't ask. We were actually, we did a together sticker question, and it was who is most likely to take risks and try new things? And we were like, would you go skydiving? Would you go? bobsledding and someone said what's bobsledding and we were like cool runnings duh come on jamaican bobsled 
<laughs> yeah, we uh, both of those are on there. Another favorite of ours is Homeward Bound is on there. Oh, and Honey, the Honey I Shrunk the Kids, and Honey I Shrunk Ourselves, and Inspector Gadget. All I love those- that you that you pick the '90s movies because a lot of us, even if we are much older than you, love our '90s movies, and we can relate. So it's definitely fun for the parents as well. I appreciate that you did this. Emily, I want to go to our last question. We ask every guest, what is one thing helping your family stick together right now? So we're going to go right back to movie night, treat night. Every Friday night, without fail, we do either pizza or orange chicken. And then we have our movie night. We set it, set it up. The lights go down. Popcorn is made in, the, in our popcorn making machine. With, we buy the really unhealthy jar of butter and then the popcorn seasonings. And then we also, that afternoon, I will bake with the kids and we'll make some sort of treat. I think tonight we're going to do a s'mores bar. We do not eat like this on every day. <laughs> but having one night a week where we are really focused on being together, even though it is with a movie and a screen, that focus together really is something that keeps us whole. The movie and the screen is a great way to bring a family together. It's something you count on, you laugh together, you talk together, you sit there and you're all engaged in the same thing. I love it. Emily, finally tell us all the places we can find you and get those awesome freebies and get your preschool playbook. First place go is go to the blog. Then there's plenty of little icon and links where you then, you know, to get to Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest. I'm definitely most active on Instagram. The blog is filled with freebies and things that you can grab. The playbook is there if you want life to be easier and not have to search through the whole blog to find the freebies. But yes, sandboxacademy.com. Sandbox Academy on all social media. Well, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for making moms feel confident about teaching and playing with their kids and prioritizing connecting with our children because that is why we're here as well. 100%. Thank you. If you love what you're gathering through these episodes, please screenshot, tag us, share with friends, and leave a review. It is the best compliment you can give us. It is so encouraging, and together we can help grow stronger families. Be sure to follow us at Together Moments on Instagram and Facebook. Leave us a DM. Check out all our incredible games and tools and your free family resources at togethermoments.com. As always, Take time to gather, together to grow, and speak the words that matter.